the the more the series goes on, five and six become the outliers. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, that should be very interesting indeed. I'm looking forward to that. You know what else are outliers? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixlet. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. And today Hello. we are continuing on with Halo First Strike Part 2. Uh, it is, it is a book by Eric Nyland and, uh, we're just, we're just going to keep on keeping on. Um, yeah, yeah. So we left off at the end of section one. So we're picking up with section two in chapter 12 and, uh, chapter 12 starts uh, a few days earlier or it says five days earlier, but it's more like a continuation of section zero. Pretty much. Um, we got a couple different timelines going on. Yeah, we uh, went here. we went back to the B plot, basically. B plot. <laughs> or, or the A plot, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, B plot resumes. So we get a flashback to the Spartans who are still on reach. And Fred and Kelly are trying to, trying to make their way through the cone of forces that are still on the planet. Um, and they, uh, they figure there must be... Um, Wait, wait, wait I, I, my notes are my, I, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to edit this out because okay. I don't understand the sentence I wrote in my notes. Oh, this is, this is, this is, they a figure the there must people. still be on the surface of reach if they only bombarded the poles. Maybe it's just something important on the surface of reach. Yeah, that's yeah, it. They, they yeah, figure out there's something important on the surface of reach if yeah. the coven only be part of the pole. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't completely <laughs> obliterate it the way that you would have thought they would. We're we're really we putting there. the body in. We're putting the body in the mosh. We're putting that we're, body we're doing it. in that mosh. In, in, in that mosh. Uh, so <laughs> Fred and Kelly decide in their infinite wisdom. You know what? They're going to steal a pair of wraith tanks, and yes. they're just going to. They're going to first they're going to light up the Covenant's motor pool. So they just destroy all the other tanks. Uh, and then they they drive around and they see the Covenant is excavating a mountain. So they're like, well, we got to go there. And yeah. they just start killing every member of the Covenant between where they are and the mountain using their tanks. Yeah. Um, and they they're fighting. They're blowing grunts up um, and they they get they get to the to the other the other side and they get to the mountain and they rendezvous with another Spartan team. These guys are named Will, Isaac, and Vin, and uh, they're trying to get into a vault door. And they're like, "I we don't know how to do this." And Kelly's like, "I have an idea," and she whistles a six note tune, and that that has been the safe code for the Spartans since forever. Yeah. It opens the vault door, and there is Doctor Halsey. Safe and sound. Big reveal. Big reveal. Big reveal. Dr. Halsey's still alive. Uh, chapter 13. Dr. Halsey is able to identify all the Spartans, even with their helmets on. She is like a mother of uh, like identical identical children you know yeah. when when they you know, like oh you have a bunch you have you have identical triplets and they're like she's like yeah whatever I know I can I can tell them apart. Yeah she picks them up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um and uh, Kelly fills in halls with everything Kelly knows so far. And they're like, doctor, why are you still here? What everybody else left? Why are you still here? And Halsey's like, well, I'm the fail safe. I'm supposed to basically if the covenant ever comes down in here, I'm supposed to wipe everything. Um, so she's there as the, the last line of defense. Um, and 
so Halsey and um, and her AI called Maya discover that Ackerman's AI uh, has been stealing information from the Spartan program, and they take this opportunity to rip it to shreds. And this is only the first of several moments in the book where an AI is brutally murdered. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This this becomes a theme. It gets pretty brutal uh, for, for AI killing. For AI killing, it gets Whoa. bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Ackerson's been looking into uh, – into one of the things that Halsey did in her past, which was the flash cloning of the children that were used to replace the Spartans. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been digging that one up, that chestnut. That that, um, that old whatever. That old chestnut. <laughs> so if you, guys, if, you, cool. if you don't know, uh, here's some backstory on that. Halsey and Keys went around planet to planet uh, kidnapping children and replacing them with clones of themselves. So these children were going to go into the Spartan program yep. and they they replaced them with clones of themselves of of the children uh so that the parents had no idea what was happening. And um eventually these these clones though would die. They would yeah. die after a few months. So the parents would just believe their kid died. Meanwhile, their kid is actually in a government super soldier program that was not designed to fight the covenant, but to 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 fight rebels. Which I mean, look, it sounds bad on the on the surface. <laughs> I think we can all agree that it sounds pretty bad. We- on on the surface, yes, but 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 but, but. um, Halsey's got. Hold on, uh, she's a good <laughs> she's a good mom. She's a great mom, great mom, probably um, a better mom than any of those grieving parents. Bro- <laughs> that's we gotta wonder if that's what it was like. like just find the shittiest parents you can. They don't deserve their kids. And I wonder, it's got to be that cloning technology. You got to figure that they were like, look, uh, we can clone these kids in so far as they will like look and sound like these kids uh, for a little while. But uh, uh, after like they turn two or so, they start really getting fucked up and like, no problem. Put in planned obsolescence and uh, and we'll take it'll take care of itself. I just imagine like the kid. Some some real some real horrific like Cronenberg body horror shit. Right. Like you know, after about six months, the the bonds of the the DNA starts to unravel. Right. And be right. like, well, what does that mean? And be like, well, you know, <laughs> goo more or less. Yeah, you figure that's gotta be what it is. Like like they just they just they fall apart on a molecular level or something like that. It's just. <laughs> Just, just reaching stuff. out to their parents, saying "mother." Just, <laughs> no, Halsey finds out that uh, Axon is interested in the Cote de Jour artifact, uh, or de Jour uh, artifact, not de Jour. It's not of yeah. the day. De Jour. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the code of the day. It's the code of the day. It's all the same. What, what's your soup de Jour? The soup of the day. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. I'll have that. <laughs> Um, 
a rare Dumb and Dumber reference. You know, I that's- know. That's a new one for us. <laughs> kind of impressed, to be completely honest. Uh, <laughs> so right as she's uh, talking about that or thinking about it with her uh, AI, Kalmaya, uh, the power goes out in the facility and a support beam in her office comes crashing down toward her. Uh, chapter 14. Outside of her office, Kalmaya opens the weapons lockers for the Spartans so that they can get their gear porn on yep. um, Gotta and have deal that. with whatever's, whatever's happening. Halsey was nearly killed by the support beam in her office collapsing. And uh, as they're kind of like getting their bearings, camouflaged elites attack. Uh, the Spartans take them out, but one of them gets away. Uh, and Halsey mentions that there's more uh, there's more base. There's more base we got to get down to. Uh, but she's cut off again, two chapters in a row where she gets cut off mid thought mm-hmm. <laughs> by an explosion, literally end of chapter 13, end of chapter 14. She gets cut off mid explosion. The mountain is collapsing. It's same beat, same beat, Eric Nyland. It is yep. the same beat same at the beat. end of the, each chapter. Not going to hold it against you, but come but, on, man. Come on. <laughs> come on. Let's let's be real here. Let's let's mix it up a little bit. Yeah. A little uh, bit. The so chapter 15. We assume they get away because we are with them again. Like there's there is like a small passage of time between 14 and 15 where no description is given of what happens between the base collapsing and suddenly they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, Fred is leading them down further into the base and it's very dark. They're in some sort of a cavernous area. Um Halsey mentions that there, there's uh, some sort of big discovery down there. Um, Fred discovers a weird set of symbols that are glowing on the walls. And they remind him of the crystalline formations that were found in Cote d'Azur. Um, Halsey thinks that this is why the Covenant did not completely glass reach. Yes. And it's also what Ackerson is looking for. Um so they keep going and they find a room with a fist-sized crystal sitting on its point. And Halsey grabs it and it has neutrino radiation, meaning that suddenly they are very trackable now. Yes, <laughs> but it, it still turns out to be the best move she could possibly make, to be fair. To be fair, it is the best move they can they can make. Um, Covenant, so the, and then suddenly the Covenants shoot a, a Covenant spaceship shoots a beam energy down, just punching through the mountain into the room that they're in and drops a grav lift down there. And the elites just start raining from the sky. They're just, they're, they're coming on down. Um, Fred and Kelly take Dr. Halsey. They tell the other two Spartans whose names I did not write, but doesn't matter. They're dead. Yeah. They're Uh, gone. Doesn't tells the other two Spartans to to hold off the elites and they do not hold off the elites uh, because there's like a thousand elites that are suddenly there. Yes. Uh, Kelly blows the corridor behind them, but now they're trapped. Section three. (laughs) All right. Chapter 16. We find out that the Spartan in stasis was Linda. Remember that cliffhanger from section one? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really, but okay. (laughs) I'll take your word for it. We have a lot of John talking about how pretty Linda's eyes are. Yes, we do. Yeah. That's that's, mm, okay. Mm. Sure. Why not? Why not? 
Why not? He's a red-blooded American male, yeah. right? Yeah. Life's weird he's got sometimes. A, he's, Let's, he's got a bald eagle tattoo on his absolutely. bicep. Absolutely. <laughs> when he when he does take his his helmet off, he combs his hair like Guile from Street Fighter. Yes, I mean, um, look, that's really the best way. If you want to get into a military girl's panties, you need the the you need the 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 flat top the the, the, the natu- flat top. Yeah, the natural progression of Wolverine's hair uh, when. <laughs> When left to just keep going like no one needs to do. Who are the guys from House Party? Who's the one? That oh, had- Kid and Play. Kid and Play. Which yeah. one had the high the high hair? I think it was Kid. Was it Kid? They had the very, very tall yeah. uh, 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 flat top. Yeah. Yes. Basically, Guile has that, but for a white guy with straight hair. Yes. Yes. He has, the kid. He has the kid haircut. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh I need to find this out now. I need to find out which one. You're going to not let this rest until you know if it was kid or play. I need to know. I need to know (laughs) which one is which. I'm going to Google it. Kid and play. Which is which? Oh, and it popped right up. Good. Uh, Let's see. Christopher Reed was kid. Christopher Martin was play. Going to need an image uh, check here, guys, because I just didn't follow them. Uh, hold on, Christopher Martin. I was young when yes, House I had Party it right. came out. Kid was the one with the, Kid uh, was the one with the, the flat top. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever yes. happened to Kid and Play? They still seem to. I mean, they just remade House Party. I know. Are they um, in it? Are they? I, I assume they, that they would appear in it. Yeah, they've as got like one to of those wink a, and a nod things. Right. There's got to be some kind of cameo, <laughs> right? Like they. Hold on. They. They. I think they're just. All right, kid and play. Which which one died? Did one of them die? What? Oh God! Uh, hold on. I'm just finding all this out right now. Oh no, he was in a car accident. Um, oh okay. And somebody somebody died, uh, uh, but it wasn't play, uh, nor kid, uh, nor kid. So uh, at this point, I don't know if you're allowed to be called kid anymore, because uh, this dude's got to be in his fifties at least. I don't think kid is. He, uh, yeah, I think he's he not left so, the nickname behind. He's not so ago. childlike anymore. Let's just say. No. So kid and play are still alive. They're still That's, alive. And so are several of our protagonists. So are several of uh, our protagonists. Hey, including Linda. Um, oh, Linda. Good Lord. Linda. I just imagine. But I so I just imagine Linda looking like Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers. I think you have to. <laughs> I went with Linda Hamilton. Uh, uh, but, sure. Uh, okay. But I like yours better, uh, to be completely honest. <laughs> and let's face oh, facts. Bobby. <laughs> without, and without uh, uh, hitting too many spoilers or anything, I think we all, you, you recognize that the moment someone becomes even vaguely romantically interested in the other one, one of their days is numbered. We we it, we we know that. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll yeah we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um. So Cortana cuts into this time and says, "Ah shit, I miscalculated the time. We're only nineteen minutes away. Remember how I told you it was going to take nine hours? <laughs> Fuck. Well, I mean, slip boy, space was I is weird. <laughs> boy was I wrong. Boy was I wrong. Slip space is weird. We're only we're we're there in nineteen. Uh, Master Chief is very worried about Cortana." Um, yeah, we, we get in a little aside. Uh, Locklear is into Pulaski 
um, uh, uh, Johnson and Master Chief think he's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and and to be fair, uh, yeah, I see their point. I see their point. <laughs> J- yeah. Johnson's like, no. And he's like, what about you, Master Chief? And Master Chief just like shakes his head. It's like, no, no, man. No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, they arrive at Reach and realize there's a portion of the planet that was not glassed. Um, and uh, they're also, their cover is still intact with the Covenant. Remember, they are on a Covenant cruiser at this point. Yes. And they start picking up a transmission with the six-note signal that only Master Chief knows. Chapter 17. Going to go real fast through this chapter because it was not necessary. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Chapter 17, flashback time. We get a, we get a live fire organization that John and the, and the Spartans were thrown into as kids against soldiers. Spartans had darts while the soldiers had real live fire guns. The long and short of it is it's basically an origin story for the six note melody and Ali Ali Oxenfree. Yes. Moving on. Chapter 18. (laughs) Have we have we established the smiley thing by now, by the way? I think. No, no, we don't. um, We see it later. Okay, Okay, great, great. I won't won't jump the gun then. Yeah, keep going. Um, Okay. Now, chapter 18, and this is the chapter in which I texted Phil saying, <laughs> I have thoughts. Okay, yeah, I'm very intrigued. We kept this because, one to ourselves. Uh, because I didn't know, I don't know what he's getting at. Chris, so Cortana, the, we get Cortana saying, I don't know why he thinks that signal is so important. It's something that could be easily replicated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's silly, but whatever, Master Chief is going to go down there. Uh, but she is very distracted maintaining the cover. Uh, Cortana realizes the Covenant must be interested in Castle Base, which we now understand is the place where Halsey was. Castle right. Base was the base that was located within this mountain. And Cortana this is one of those things where like, oh, of course, Cortana knows everything that's going on in Castle Base because she was Halsey's AI. Um, and I forgot to mention that the call Maya uh, was like, is like beta Cortana. She's like Cortana 0.1 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so then she stops thinking about it because there's too much to do. So, all right, here's the thing. Cortana okay. has an interaction with an AI. This AI appears and starts scra- uh, shouting at her that she's an infidel. Yes. And then... I picked up on this because I was listening to the audiobook mm-hmm. and the guy giving the voiceover narration gave the AI a Middle Eastern accent. I ah uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Now, and this was this was written in 2003. So. This is written in 2003. I'm not saying this is necessarily Islamic uh, Islamophobic and I'm not right. saying and I'm not also not not saying that it's not my call to make that but this scene is so unfortunately coded yes. in a way that makes the Covenant and the Covenant AI seem like they are coded to be a representative of Islam. Now, I have actually looked into this. There has been discussions about it online. Okay. But gamers, as they do, usually try to shut the discussion down of like, no, it's probably Christianity that right. – uh, that that it's and I'd be like, sure, okay, yeah, there's a lot of Christian 
uh, allegory in the covenant stuff. But given the timing of this book's release, yes. and just given the 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 how the voice actor was directed to read the line, and how and the use of the word infidel, and I know infidel is not a native uh, Middle Eastern term, but right. at this time. You have to understand the context of the media at the time. Infidel is only, only, only used in media at this time in uh, is said by characters coded or portrayed as Muslim. Yes. That's the that's the only way infidel is used in the early 2000s. Um, it's it's yeah. not it's not originally a Muslim term. It's actually a term that dates back. Uh, to the 15th century, it's one of those terms that started in Latin, went through French and all that stuff. In And the original definition was infidel was just a term for somebody of another religion. Mm -hmm. So to Muslims, Christians were infidels. To Jewish people, Muslims were infidels. It, th that That's the only connotation that it had was they were the other religion. Yes, Yes, I, in I, media, I, in media in the early in the early twenty first century, though it becomes a, a very loaded term yes. when trying to portray. And don't get me wrong, so there's so much Islamophobic media in the oh. in the early two thousands, yeah. just endless. Even in the nineties, it, it, it even before September eleventh, there's a ton, a ton of Islamophobic media. Yeah. So when I read this scene. I was like, I had to stop and say something because I was like, Jesus Christ, um, that is unfortunate. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I don't. I, I, I think it would be. Do I necessarily think that they would have done that on purpose? Yeah, probably. Uh, because again, this this was released <laughs> in two thousand and three, which means it was probably written in two thousand and two. Uh, right. It's a. It's it's it. With that context, you would have to be very willingfully ignorant about it. You'd have to really be slapping the hands over the ears and going, la, 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 I don't hear you. Um, right. It's it's kind of impossible not to read it, in, read that into that uh, with that context. You know, I, a younger person who wasn't there, uh, who was not aware of the time period and everything like that. Someone who, yeah, you know, infidel is just another word and they don't, they don't hear the loaded aspect of it the same way that sure. you and I would, uh, could be forgiven for not seeing that. But guys like you and me, uh, who are old enough to, uh, remember this shit, uh, uh, it's impossible not to say there isn't some connection there. Yeah. There isn't some sort of uh, and, you know, I, I'm not going to accuse Eric Nyland of being intentionally Islamophobic no, here. No, no. Not going to do not. that. I'm just saying this scene is unfortunately written and does not age well using that term, knowing the context of when it was released. It is very much a product of its time. Uh, yeah. There is no getting around that. I, and I agree with you. I don't think that this means that Eric Nyland is, is throwing in. Uh, you know, Islamophobic shit. I uh, far from it. I I just don't right. think that's what we're we're dealing with here. But you can participate you, in stuff yeah, like that you without can, willingly you can doing it. Exactly. You can participate without being thoroughly aware of yeah. the of the implications and the actions that your words are are 
And if it's, if it's not, you know, feel free to tell me I'm wrong. It just, it just, it was one of those things that was like, uh, popped in my head as soon as I saw it. Uh, That's very Um, hard to, and then it was also exacerbated by the way the voice actor at the time read it. Now that's interesting. Cause I, I won't lie. And I told, and that's why I texted you is like, it did not click until, I heard the voice actor read it. I didn't think about that. Uh, uh, well, I, I thought about it briefly. I was like, infidel, that's a very interesting choice of words based on the time period that I probably would have left it at that. Um, but yeah, with a with a performance of it uh, with an actor uh, in an audio book. Yeah, that yeah. Could, that's a horse of a different color. Like, that's very yeah. different. Very different. Um that's why I just stick with the word heretic because Absolutely. heretic is a good, clean, powerful word to uh, throw at the enemies of our emperor. Absolutely. And, 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 and we cannot suffer the heretic to live. That is just, we cannot suffer the heretic. That's I just mean, good sense. So good yeah, sense. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, all praise to the God King. Emperor. All praise to the God um, Emperor. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I read one Warhammer yeah, 40k yeah, suddenly book. You are in it. You are in it, my I'm friend. In it. <laughs> I am in it. Um, where the fuck was I? Anyway, uh, infidels. So, infidels. Uh, so <laughs> she tears apart the AI. This is the second scene of an AI being brutally ripped apart. This is and she, really upsetting too. It's, it's a really upsetting one too. It's not. It's not pleasant. A pleasant read. Um, and she looks at the code and it seems familiar. She's like, what the fuck is going on with this AI code? Um, and while she's doing that, she then fixes the Covenant's method of firing plasma cannons. So basically the way the Covenant fires their plasma cannons, they have these heavy duty plasma cannons and they shape like a magnetic field charge to control it. And they have to heat them up and then shoot. It's like this real rough way of handling the plasma. Mm-hmm. So she like, she's like, oh, well, they don't realize if you just do this, this, this and she does some calculations and suddenly the, the, the plasma cannons are operating from, go from like 10% efficiency to like 100% efficiency. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness she was there. Thank goodness she was there. Um, and she uses her newly, uh, what I forgot to mention is the AI had alerted the other ships in the area that they were a fake. Um, and then she uses the newly refined cannons to absolutely obliterate a squadron of seraphs and the ship yeah. that they came from. <laughs> Just cuts through them like a hot knife through butter. It is ridiculous. It's so simple. It is ridiculous. <laughs> so simple. Oh, yeah. Um, chapter 19, uh, Master Chief and company arrive on reach, um, and they are, uh, sneaking through the covenant patrols, uh, with a drop ship. And they finally respond to the signal with their own Ali Ali oxen free and they land nearby and they find a group of Spartans and it's Anton and Grace and Lee, you know, them, you know, um, you remember those guys? Yeah, remember yeah. that? Uh, they find uh, that they are with Admiral Danforth Whitcomb, a highly decorated admiral who is also responsible for the fuck up earlier on Reach, um, which is weird. It's weird because he's like, he seems like an asshole in section zero, but then in section, in this section going forward, he's like, you're my favorite character. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. I, I, yeah. They, <laughs> they turn that one around. It's kind of fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> So, uh, and Whitcomb lays out his 
He's he's this big Texan guy, and he lays out his plan. And be like, well, first I got some I got some nuclear bombs, all yeah. right, and I and I, I armed all of them. And uh, either they're gonna take them home to the Covenant home planet and blow themselves up, or they're gonna kill us here on Reach. Right. Either way, it's a win win. <laughs> and Lieutenant Haverson's like, well, how long ago did you do it? He's like, well, I. I primed him for a 10-day countdown. So we all, we got a good amount of time left, 20 hours. Right, yeah. It's It truly is just the fucking Spartan slash Space Marine bravado bullshit. It's hilarious. He's <laughs> like, I set the bombs to detonate. Plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> It's like slim pickings going down on right. the on the <laughs> rocket. I don't remember what what quote it was from, but it's like the they've surrounded us, the fools, the the, the poor bastards. Like, <laughs> okay, cool. Um, they get back onto the dropship. It's chapter twenty now, uh, and they're going to uh, towards Castle Base. Pulaski has to drive the dropship through a really narrow hole in order to land inside. Um, and they get down there and they land in the midst of like a covenant work crew. And like the covenant is not doing it. They're like, oh, it's it's a covenant dropship. It's fine. And then the, they just like open the doors and they just light up some grunt workers. Yeah. Like grunts and jackals who are just like digging a hole or something. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> they even make a point of saying like they don't do anything. They just get obliterated. It's it's. <laughs> Okay, cool. So Jesus. they clear out they clear out the entire like air landing area. When the fighting stops, uh the three Spartans, Kelly and Fred and uh uh what's his name? Was there three or two? Anyway. Yeah. Kelly and Fred and Catherine Halsey emerge from hiding and they're like Hey, we're it's we're together. It's a um, and this is it was the chapter before this when when Master Chief did the smiley face emoji. That's what. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So the the smiley face thing is basically they can't show emotion. So if to show that they're smiling, they just point at their helmet. They kind of like yeah. They, they like, like draw a smile onto their helmet. And I just imagine like. There should be like a little like holographic emoji that right. pops up yeah. when it <laughs> a little little like a little heart in an anime or something like that. Just <laughs> just like a smiley kitty cat face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Master Chief, we really gotta teach you how to change that emoji. <laughs> what I like it. He's like, it's like that lawyer who was uh on the Zoom call. <laughs> I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, the room they're in is actually filled with the covenant. They didn't they didn't pick it up, I guess, on their motion trackers because there was just too much motion to track, but this there's is, like thousands this, of covenants. This is ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> this is like they're setting this scene up, and I'm just sitting there going, okay, yeah, right. This is based on a video game. You're right, I forgot. Like it's <laughs> It's literally the every scene you've seen in a movie where like the lights open up and you see literal thousands upon thousands of people on rings all and they they describes like the humming of plasma weapons thousands upon thousands of plasma weapons all humming as they warm up all humming all warming up they're getting ready to go yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's ridiculous oh man it was it it was it was good it was it's wonderful it's uh it's it's a real scooby-doo moment um very much so yeah 
So um, we cut away. Uh, chapter 21, Cortana is dealing with some re- remaining elites on the ship by just like venting them out into space. Um, and also while fucking about in the systems of the ship, she uncovers a, mes- a message that the Covenant's next operation is to go to Earth. They have the location of Earth. Holy yep. shit. How did that happen? Ba-ba-bum. That's the end of section three. Section four, titled Gambit. Um, chapter 22. A pair of hunters try to kill the Spartans, but they're gunned down by the gallery of Covenant soldiers. This was amazing. Yes. Basically, the hunters are like, we're the hunters, and we go and we kill. And they, they go and they they try to kill the Spartans. They, they do... Fuck up Kelly a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the other people in the other Covenant uh, soldiers shoot the hunters. And then John hears over the translation matrix that they were killed because they were firing on the holy light. And the next next Covenant soldier to fire towards, fire towards the holy light will be scalped. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty hardcore. Like, literally, you've got thousands of people firing you at once. They, they literally describe it as, like, they are vaporized. There is nothing left. There, there is nothing left of the hunters. Um, Kelly is severely injured, and uh, and Whitcomb uh, begins making moves and orders the cover and to cover the retreat. So he, he shows his competence here. He's like, you do that, do that, do that. Ah. And he's shooting his six, six guns up in the air the entire time. Right, right, right. <laughs> um. Uh, Pulaski gets them into the dropship and they fly away. Uh, and the Covenant won't fire on them as long as they have that crystal. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile. Uh, Cortana is realizing that she needs more juice. She needs more power. So she's taking the Ascendant Justice and she's docking it with the Gettysburg, which is one of the uh, UNSC ships that's kind of floating half dead out into space. But it actually has to have a, a functioning fusion reactor. Um, so she she Brundle flies the Ascendant Justice and the Gettysburg together. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and I mean, and yeah. merges their systems. So now she has two fusion reactors. <laughs> now I have a fusion reactor. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. ho. <laughs> <laughs> um. She so she uh, while she's uh, she's doing that the the dropship is up in the at the rendezvous point to try to meet Cortana and then she, Cortana does a, a short slip space jump from where she is over to the rendezvous point and the reason why she got the second fusion reactor is so she could immediately charge up another slip space jump to go when uh, they docked uh, but. The weird thing that happens when the crystal goes on the ship and they do the slip space jump, they are now in a space-time anomaly and they are stuck inside a weird blue mist void thing that just does not make any sense. So chapter 23, I don't know how to describe it other than what is in the book, but the presence of the crystal has shunted them off into basically the Doctor Strange mirror dimension. Yes, it's, it's kind it's of what very I, weird. 
<laughs> it's probably one of the more esoteric and like vague things that we've dealt with in this series before. I didn't fully follow it. I just I was like, I, okay, okay, I'll take your I'll take your word for they're, it. We're, they're like not really in Euclidean space right. when they fire the plasma cannons. There's a good chance that the what they fire will curve back around onto them. Like it's weird. It's the Gemini. Um, it's the Gemini Man laser from Mega Man Three. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. There's a there's a sick ass uh, song too. Oh fuck. No. This 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 Mega Man songs Man. just some of the best. Some of the best. Some of the best. Uh, meanwhile, there are some uh, elites. There's still some fucking elites on the ship. Uh, they sabotage the engine power conduit and uh, Pulaski and the Spartans basically are taking the drop ship to go over to where that power conduit is and seal it off. Um, chapter 24, they take the drop ship to where the damage is and Pulaski parks it. And while repairing it, those elites engage them. The, it gets weird again. There's like f- plasma flying. There's people shooting at each other. But it's not a very long fight. It's just a weird one to describe. Uh, Pulaski, Lee, and Anton are killed at the end of it. Will, Grace, and Fred are nearly dead. Uh, but the conduit is sealed. Um, and chapter 25. My note here was super awesome, fun times, naval su- stuff. Just read it. <laughs> Basically, the Wick, the Admiral... Uh, does all of these neat things with like charging the plasma cannons and venting atmosphere from. So like he does this thing where he, he goes bonkers balls speed at one of the covenant ships and charges the plasma cannons and fires. And then he uses the, the venting of the atmosphere from the Gettysburg to like twist them away from it at the very last second. And then he takes, they take the ship around and they, they get another hunk of, uh, of ship and they pick it up on the nose of the ascendant justice and they go towards another ship and they, they go full speed at that. And then they hit reverse thrusters and the hunk of metal goes towards an like full slip space speed at another ship and just rams it. And, uh, it's it's a really neat sequence of like full ahead rudder and and right. it all stops and hands on deck. <laughs> we've we've talked about this with the Halo series in the past where I'm not like I I I did not expect to be interested in the level of naval combat that Nyland is able to pull off. But such fuck, a good naval combat writer makes it interesting as yeah. hell. It's fantastic. I I I love it. Uh, it's great stuff. It's great. Uh, but chapter 25, wall to wall, is just that. Mm-hmm. Just the the admiral being like, this is why I'm an admiral. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this is what I'm here for, people. <laughs> this is what I put all my points in. Uh, uh, it's, it's that and mustache. Mustache. <laughs> Which, I get it. I get it. That's a, that's a superb combination of, uh, of, it's a great uh, of combo. specialties. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they're able to get away. Um, and that's the end of of that section uh, and the end of the the, era, the, t- the the what we're covering tonight. So yeah. uh, how are you feeling so far about this one? It's it's solid. Uh, it's I don't solid. know. Uh, I don't know how it holds up to the other halos we've read. If I were to suggest that this is not 
This is my least favorite of the ones that we've read. It still puts it head and shoulders above a lot of other stuff we've read. Yeah, it's definitely my least favorite of yeah. the ones that we've read. Um, it covers a lot of important information. Like this is an important entry, but I don't know if that makes it um, right most it's, engaging. Yeah, because it kind of it sets us up for Halo Two, from yes. what I understand. Yes, um, which it, Halo Two starts. You were on Earth fighting the covenant right is that i believe is, so yeah i never played i believe you're, it's like the invasion of earth if i recall correctly i i, I started playing halo 2 a while ago uh i think when we were playing when we were reading through reach yeah um but yeah i'd say it's my least favorite of the halo books i'm not as interested in a lot of the characters um in this as i am in and that's the thing i'll give like uh, I, I feel like Kelly Gay was really able to nail was that she made the characters that she was playing with in her book. Um, and obviously she said 20, she had 20 years of like halo juice to, to kind of, oh, of call upon. Yeah, of but course. I, I really cared about the characters in that book. Um, and this one, it's like, and I think it was, it's just kind of like a function of like the Spartans kind of being like these nameless, mm. uh, uninteresting people for the yeah. most part with like names from the 1950s. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel as modern as hers does. Uh, right. The Spartans and- are a little bit more unique in, yes. in hers. Whereas in here, it's kind of like these first generation of Spartans are just like, we have, we're a team right. and Ali Ali oxen free. And they're like, where the fuck are you? Are you out of a Stephen King novel from well, the, the 1950s? The yeah, they, they, they each have their own little bits of uh, individuality, sure, like, but yeah. it feels like the, it's a, the unit is a character. Uh, right. As opposed to Kelly Gay's stuff, which was very distinctly individualized, which right. makes sense, you know. Um, and and I, I don't I don't hold it against Eric Nyland. This was this is still so early on in the development of this series. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Um, right. And someone like Kelly Gay has to come in and to keep it fresh and and inject right. a whole lot of new shit. Uh, so it all makes sense. It makes sense. It, we may it have all ruined ourselves by skipping ahead with that one. Though. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we're, we're a little bit spoiled yeah. on the, uh, on how these are, are handled, but, um, yeah, it's sort of like, um, so for example, like Pulaski, it seems like she is an interesting character that we could have had more time with mm-hmm. and she gets killed off. Like just, it's just like, oh, she wanted to go with them and she, we told her not to go, but she did and she died. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, what I we get expected. it. You got to have these jobbers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I've taken to call like any character who's just there to get killed is just a jobber. It's totally understandable. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I think we all get it. I, I courtesy get that. of yeah. courtesy of hot cider uh, over on the bold time podcast. Um, yeah. So I, I I want them to be a little bit more than a jobber because I don't feel like Pulaski is necessarily going to have an emotional resonance with anybody except for maybe, and I didn't bring his name up, Locklear, Locklear. who is the ODST, yeah. who was like, ah, I, 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 I think she's hot. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's they've got a little moment there, and and that they have was a nice. moment there. That was that nice. was nice. Um, I um, think what we're dealing with with this is that your audience is people who are champing at the bit for Halo Two to come out, who are still probably sure. paying, playing Halo One, and so I think the publishers uh, would assume all anyone wants to hear about is uh, is John. Uh, right. so, uh, you know, we get the master chief in there. That's the main thing. And, uh, and you're even walking on thin ice, popping back and forth with these other Spartans. Um, but yeah. Right. And so when we didn't really deal with him all that much in, um, in, uh, uh, Killy Gay's book, for example, uh, there's a Rubicon little Protocol. freedom. Rubicon, the, thank you. Rubicon yeah. Protocol. There's, there's more freedom there, I think. There is. Uh, yeah. And I think that's something that uh, it's sort of like my take on the Halo verse is similar to my take on Star Wars mm. in that a lot of the best stuff in Star Wars is the non Jedi stuff. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of the best stuff in Halo, from my perspective, has been not specifically the non Spartan stuff, but the non master chief stuff like right master chief is basically to me like he's the equivalent of you know uh, of like obi-wan or whatever and like i'm not particularly like he's he's the best and i'm not super interested in reading about the best yeah um, no i get that it's 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 so not I, as interesting that's kind of where i am on yeah. on that's kind of how i feel about master chief in general i don't like this is my this is our third book reading with him as a main character, mm-hmm. and I'm still I'm still like yeah he's fine um, he's fine it's it's <laughs> it's just like Captain America we've compared him to Captain America in the past yeah exactly it's just he's fun yes he's really interesting yes um we could we could you know he's he's awesome he is super awesome who could even argue uh but he doesn't necessarily keep you engaged like right. cortana does for example cortana right. is interesting and very malleable which is becoming a worrying f- she's, and she's a flawed ai yes you know, that's <laughs> what could be more interesting than that like that's really cool and knowing uh, where cortana's story is eventually taking her right is is interesting but the seeds of it are here, you know, right. Like in, in current halo in the current halo, uh, I, I think Cortana is like, kind of like the, the villain at yes. this point in, yes. in the halo verse, um, yes, or some version of Cortana. I mean, it's not, I don't think we're, I, I don't think there's a continuous existence of Cortana necessarily, but like a copy no. of her or whatever, but she's but still, become corrupt or something. Like she that. is, yeah. she was corrupted at some point yeah. in the fall of reach and in, in halo. And that's kind of where we are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's interesting. Maybe master chief takes a turn in one of the games or in one of the books that really, uh, makes me, fascinated with him as a character but we'll we'll find out absolutely Um, yeah i i could i could do i i would like a whole book written from sergeant johnson's point of view though that would be interesting that would be very cool a pone yeah yeah exactly (laughs) who i love um yeah so that's it for tonight uh the big question then is um what are you playing? Oh, well, 
I actually finished two games recently. Oh, um, look at you. I know. I'm either, it's feast or famine with me. I'm either playing the same old shit uh, or I'm tearing through my to playlist with, uh, with abandon. Um, I finished Hi-Fi Rush, which was okay. great. Uh, it's, it's, it, I don't know what else there is to say. It's, it's a solid, solid game. The soundtrack is fantastic. It's all about the power of friendship. Um, it's very cute. It's very fun. Uh, it feels good to play. It looks good. It sounds good. It is good. It's just a, yeah. Just, and I just like start like moving right with like with yeah. the music. It's, 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 it's fantastic. Uh, it, it, it has a, uh, a wonderful accessibility feature for those of us who are not as rhythmically inclined, but still want to enjoy, uh, the game. Uh, and I think that's fantastic. Uh, wonderful, wonderful game. Really enjoyed that. Um, it's, it's super easy to imagine that that's going to end up in my short list for a uh, game of the year. Uh, it was just a, right. it was just a nourishing, nourishing game. It has a lot of replay value uh, that they actually address in the game. They, there are certain things you can't unlock when you go through it the first time. And they even say, oh, so this I can come back to later. It's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, wink, wink. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'll go that far. Uh, some people have like played through this game like three times already. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know if I go that far. It took me about 11, 12 hours to beat. Um, and it was worth every minute. It was wonderful. It's a $30 game. And that is absurd. It It is absurdly fun. There's so much to do with it. Yeah. I'm only a few hours into it, but it's really cute. Yeah. You know, if you, if you're counting your pennies when it comes to, I understand most people out there, they got to be careful about what they buy with their games. And because if it sucks, they're fucked, you know, and, and uh, I get it. I understand. And this is one of those games that for 30 bucks, you get a lot of replay value. It's, it's just terrific. And it's, it's uh, Shinji Mikami's last game. Yeah. That he, uh, I guess, oversaw at uh, See, Tango he left Gameworks recently, didn't he? He left. Yeah, he's he's moving on, mm-hmm. and um, that was that was the last one with him as the head of the studio. That's a a hell of a note to end on. I think the only yeah. problem I have with Hi Fi Rush is there do not appear to be toys for it, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, some of these robots need, are. Do you need an eight eight oh eight toy? I need an eight oh eight toy. It goes need, from a sphere into yes, a cat. Yes, I need. <laughs> I need uh, several of the robot bosses. The samurai robot uh, 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 toy. I need like the pterodactyl robot toy. Uh, the big lizard one. I, I there there. You can make them like the Gundam model uh, action yeah. figures. Uh, it's right there. It's so simple. I would buy those. Please do it. Uh, please do it. And uh, a Rekka body pillow. Absolutely. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm just human, man. Uh, <laughs> a pillow uh, is not cheating. I've talked about that with my wife. Uh, <laughs> um, on the other side of that coin, <laughs> I also completed uh, uh, Aliens Colonial Marines. Oh, so did I. Yeah, you you beat this one too. I, I wonder if there is a reason that we both happen to be playing this old game at I the wonder. same time. I wonder. I wonder if there's a reason. Um, yeah. Bullet time. Uh, yeah, bullet time. Subscribe to uh, bullet time. Phil and I are going to be on the bullet time pass uh, passcode. Pass it sounded like you were trying to say, uh, uh, it sounded like you were going with a Boston. We're going to be on the podcast. We're going to be on the podcast. Um, 
Yeah, we're going to be on Hot Cider's podcast in a couple of weeks. And I don't know, like, I'm trying to do the math in my head of when this episode is coming out versus oh, when gosh. he'll release the Colonial Marines episode. This summer, the Colonial maybe? Marines episode might have come out before this episode came out. Yeah. Um, just because we we're, we record with a little bit more lead time, I think, than, than uh, he has at this point right. uh, with his remaining episodes. So we'll see. It might be... <laughs> It might be like the following week that it Maybe. comes out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, uh, we'll we'll obviously be getting into the details on yeah. Colonial Marines in in uh, great detail uh, on Bullet Time, which you if you have not subscribed to, please go you should. to your podcast machine and get it's it. Got, it's, it's, got, it's got it's got it's got. I am one of the the co hosts of Bullet Time. You got uh, to Snakerer is yep. is one of the other. Um, you got a lot of a really uh, lovely people. And one some, of the some... best lineups of guests. Uh, oh yeah. I we've had Raz Butin. We've yeah. had Jacob Geller. Uh, Heavy eyed has been on there. Aranok, just a lot of lovely people. I am error has been on there. Evelyn from iron. I'm error. She's, yep. she's been on our show and she's been on uh bullet time twice. She was yep. a two time guest on bullet time. <laughs> so. It's wonderful. It's great. I, and I've told Kevin this before. Uh, it's, you know, when your friend uh, is working on a creative endeavor uh, that you're not necessarily involved with, you want to be supportive, you subscribe, you listen, sure. that kind of thing. It's always helpful when it is a show you actually enjoy coming back to again <laughs> and again. I always listen to it. Uh, I listened to the four slash five hour uh, Die Hard episode. That's which I, of, uh, I could only record like two and a half hours of. Right. And then I was like, I have to go. And then Snake and, and Hot Cider were like. Oh yeah, we're just gonna keep going. We're just gonna keep and, going. And, <laughs> yeah, it's a five-hour episode it's on Die Hard five Vendetta. Five-hour episode. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you there wasn't any fat on that meat, but fuck, it was. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, so we're gonna get, but but uh, long story short, it is not the flaming piece of shit that it has the reputation for being having said that colonial it, Marines, not, not bullet time. It's but, but yeah, yeah. But it, yeah. <laughs> but it sucks though. Uh, it did yeah. suck. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah. Oh, and one last game that I got into a little bit, uh, was uh, phantom brigade, which you actually recommended to me. Yes, I did. How um, is it? Has it interesting? I don't think I'm going to be able to continue on with it just because it, okay. It's, it's, uh, UI is kind of obtuse for me. Uh, I know a lot of other people have had lots of success with it, but I keep coming back to it and uh, it's been very non-intuitive for me getting into it, but it is a fascinating system. It's a very indie XCOM style game where you have these mechs and you're trying to fight back against, uh, you know, this worldwide power and uh, the thing you have on them is you can see five seconds into the future um, of what they're going to do. So you can sure. use your RTS skills to, to intercept it and everything like that. Uh, customize your mechs, uh, recruit new people, take places region by region. All of that on paper, it really should have worked for me. And uh, and actually it's just the, not clicking. It just wasn't clicking. Um but uh, I think I don't know. I think, but having said that, I would still encourage people to give it a try uh, because I can tell when something just isn't working for me specifically. And I, this is one of those moments. Like I was like, this is not for me, but this is still a good game, if that makes sense. 
Um, I I told Kevin when I was playing it, actually, I think video editors uh, would have uh, an unfair advantage on it because that's actually... (laughs) how because it's it's a five second stream uh right you can go back and forward put the a shoot here and a walk here and it actually looks like you're editing something on premiere uh it's it's pretty interesting that's hilarious yeah yeah so i think people who do that for a living anyway would probably dominate uh yeah (laughs) just because you're already built for it um very interesting game. Uh, again, I, I, it wasn't for me, but I really recommend people take right. a look at it. I can see this one being on a lot of people's game of the year yeah. list. Yeah. So uh, what about you, Kevin? What are you playing? Um, well, uh, as as you already mentioned, I have been playing um, High Fire Rush a little bit. I haven't really been able to get to it that often, only because I'm playing it. So it's like, it's weird. I'm, I, I'm playing it on my Steam Deck. Runs beautifully mm-hmm. on my Steam Deck. Oh, the only problem is I play with my Steam Deck a lot when I'm like sitting in bed and we're watching TV for the night. And the best thing about Hi-Fi Rush is like having the music pumping. Yes. So it's it's like, OK, well, do I just play it uh, with the music off? Because I can you can still see the rhythm like there is a visual indication of the rhythm. The it's little robot the same, that's though. it's not the same necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I love what I've played so far. It's it's a lot of fun. And um you know, getting getting an S ranking on a on a fight is Ugh. is just just the best. Feels so um, good. It feels so good. Um, and the point at which I got to now with um, what's her name? Is it as peppermint? Peppermint. Um, yeah. Is your your cohort? Um, she's you can call her in to shoot uh, yeah. shoot robots. Um, she has like the temporal ability to just like appear next to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's wonderful. It, it's yeah, a wonderful game and everything. The relationships is, they all build up is so cute. Oh, and uh, yeah. And she's voiced by one of my favorite voice actresses, Erica Lindbeck. Oh, um, nice. And she does uh, a lot of really great work. Um, so yeah, there's there's that. I've been playing Hi-Fi Rush. Um, haven't beaten it yet, but I echo uh, almost everything Phil has said about it so far. Uh, it's great. Um, I played and beat Aliens Colonial Marines, as we mentioned for the Bullet Time podcast. Uh, yes, it's not the piece of garbage that everyone kind of made it seem like it was. Um, and maybe that's because it got patched over the years. I don't yeah. know. That's but it's also my my short review of it is uh, uninspired level design. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Most of it is just like go down corridor, turn, go down corridor, turn, go down corridor. And anytime Um, you can venture off the beaten path, there is no reward for doing so. None. It it, occasionally you'll find a, yeah. Occasionally you'll find a dog tag every Um, now and then, but most of those are on the beaten path. That's the thing. (laughs) Most of them you're just going to (laughs) get. And the dog tags are all the Marines that were killed in aliens, I believe. Yeah. Um, So you find a pone and, and Mm. Vasquez and uh, where's Bowski and all, all those, all those folks. Um, Spoilers for aliens. Uh, (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck it, man. Fuck it, man. Um, and you know, it the game retcons one of the character deaths yeah, from Alien yeah. 3. That I mean, nobody was really happy that 
the character died in Alien 3, so yeah, whatever, that's fine too. Um, <laughs> and there is one of the DLC is, I think you play as him. Oh, that's uh, uh, and it explains why it's not him in the escape pod or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, aliens, colonial Marines, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, what else am I playing? Oh, I, I picked up, uh, gal guardians, demon purge. Um, oh, okay. I don't know this, which one. is by Inti creates. Um, and they have, uh, they've done some interesting games. They, they were the ones who did the, uh, Blaster Master, uh, Zero game. They did the 8-bit Bloodstained games. Okay, yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they have some, they have some, uh, some juice behind them. This looks pretty uh, sharp. Uh, the gun vault games, mm. things like that. Um, yeah, it's it's fine so far. I started playing it, and then I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm totally in the mood for this platforming Metroidvania-style game at the moment, but mm-hmm. it's there. I have it. I started playing it, so and it seems fine so far. Some interesting, some interesting mechanics. You play as a pair of uh, sisters, I want to say. Um, and you can hot swap between the two of them at any time. One of them uses a gun and the other one uses a knife. So like the one with the knife has really powerful short range attacks. Like, and they, I guess they have like different ability. Oh, and one of them is shorter than the other. So you switch, switch to the shorter one to get into tighter spaces. It's, you know, that's smart. That's good. It's got its little problem solving add on for that. Um, what, else oh i have also started playing terminator resistance you mentioned that yeah yeah i want to hear about this so terminator resistance is made by taeon i believe is the how you uh, pronounce the company's name um it was released a couple years ago and it 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 is thoroughly like a mid-budget you know first person shooter game um and it's it's just Terminator stuff, man. And it, it does a really good job with it. Um, really fun weapons. You know, you got your, you get your, the, you pick up the, it, the thing that I really love about it though, is the sound design and mm. the music because you fire the, the plasma rifle and it's like, Oh, this sounds like the way the plasma rifle sounded at the beginning of Terminator two, when you're seeing all those like Terminators walking on the line. Um, it's it's really cool um and you know you're there's there's some really cool holy shit moments in the game um where you there's a there's this one level you're in pasadena and um you're one of the side quest objectives is like hey can you get a photo of the new uh hunter killer uh hk47 um that skynet is starting to use like just get a photo of it for the records and you're like all right cool and it's like i'm walking around and i am getting the little thing the detection meter is starting to fill up something is seeing me it's like i don't see anything and then i turn and i look off in the distance and there's this robot the size of a building looking at me (laughs) with like gigantic vulcan cannon 
arms and <laughs> it it's just making that, you know, that robot sound. <laughs> That's and awesome. As soon as it sees you, it just it just like lights you up with with like Gatling gun fire <laughs> until you oh, get into cover. Cool shit. It okay. is, um, and then the music, like the it, it does really good things with the music. It plays on the Terminator theme and all that stuff. It's it's really fun. You can tell that it was designed by um, like a team that was really intru- in into the Terminator property. Mm-hmm. I say all this because Taeon is also working on um, the their next game is a RoboCop game, and they just released a gameplay trailer. And it's like the gameplay trailer has like no flair to it at all. It's just these chunks of RoboCop gameplay. Yeah, um, and it's pretty much everything you would expect if you were playing a RoboCop first person shooter. <laughs> Pretty much. Eight, I, I'm not even a RoboCop guy. Not really. Uh, uh, but holy shit, that looks tight. It looks like it'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Looks like it'll be a lot of fun. You go into bullet time. Uh, hey, bullet time. Yeah. Um, and and uh, slow-mo. And it's, you know, you have someone doing a Peter Weller, like, impression of, of RoboCop. And, like, freeze, punks. <laughs> <laughs> Your move, um, uh, so yeah, so Terminator Resistance, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and I'll keep you all updated on on how I find it as I as I get through it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's that brings us up to up to date, up to speed on what are we playing. So um, that'll do it for for tonight's episode. If you can, uh, please uh, drop us. Uh, a follow on Twitter and Instagram and uh, like and retweet our stuff on, on those platforms. It really helps when when uh, we get the word out. Um, if you can, go ahead, go to our website, pixelitpod.com. You can join our newsletter where sometimes you get the episodes up to a few days early if I have the time to do so. But uh, no promises, but you know, sometimes you'll get it. And that's a nice little treat. You know, you it, tend to be on Monday. Top of it, so yeah. It's a Monday and you're, you're feeling a little sad, feeling a little blue that the work, what's this? It's an email <gasps> from, from the, the, the dandies over at Pixelit. They've sent me a link <laughs> to listen to their podcast episode early. Well, that just made my day. Um, I need, I need us to be referred to as the dandies at Pixelit from here on out. <laughs> that is a fact. So, you know, if you if you if you want, you know, go ahead and, and do that. And you can uh, find links to our Steam page and uh, our Steam Curity page and our Discord uh, over on the website. And um, yeah, that that that'll do it. That'll that'll do it. If you also uh, uh, rate us five stars on I haven't called for that in a while, but huh. if you can go ahead and rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. Uh, we're almost at 40 five-star reviews or 40 reviews on Spotify. We have like a 4.7 star rating out of 37 reviews on Spotify. Go ahead, drop that five-star review on Spotify. You know you Get want us up to. there. You know you, you, know want, you want to. to. Anyway, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs>